Welcome to a life well lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Ken Olette, CPM Certified Portfolio Manager and founder of Orca Wealth Management. In this podcast, he will provide some clarity in setting goals needed to build, preserve, and transfer wealth and overcome some of life's financial obstacles. Ken provides actionable steps to help you plan through your financial ups and downs in a way everyone can understand. Join us on this journey where Ken will explore many financial avenues, drawing from his three decades of experience in helping others avoid risking a lifetime's worth of work and savings by not having a plan and a strategy in place. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olette. Ken, what's going on, my man? Well, it's um, it's great. we got a guest today and uh, you know how much we love guests, so we've got a good one. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to hearing what Chris has to say. So We have a great guest opposed to all those bad guests we're going to have in the future. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, me. I'm <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you're the reason I'm here, man. <laughs> don't don't sell point. yourself short. Well, Ken, I, I appreciate it. I love the fact that you're bringing on guests uh, because it really shows how vast your network is, right? I mean, the, the folks that work with you, um, they learn a lot from you, and you also bring in folks that that specialize in other areas, let's put it that way, uh, and that's what this gentleman does. So why don't you introduce him to the audience and, and take it away? Yeah, so we're, we're really great to have Chris. Now, I'm going to say this name, and I'm probably going to uh, – to, your last name is difficult like mine, but uh, Brocielli. Bracciali. Bracciali. You were close. You were okay. close. Okay. So, so Chris, you know, I, you have worked with some of my clients on um, the thing that people love the most, which is Medicare. Right? Isn't that what everybody just wakes up? Absolutely. And I can't wait to learn about Medicare. It's so, it's a last minute decision typically. So I'm just so uh, happy that you're here. That's going to be able to lend some some good information to my clients, um, and I, I know I can learn a thing or two in this this conversation as well. So let, let's get started by what's a little bit about your background, how you came to me- Medicare planning, and, um, and and we'll kind of go from there. So thank you for having me on today. I, I appreciate that. So sort of evolved into doing Medicare, right? So I'm originally from Philadelphia and I was a police officer for about seven and a half years and eventually got injured on the job and retired from the police department. Like a lot of retirees in Pennsylvania, I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'll go to Florida. (laughs) Florida's a much better place. Uh, And it is. So moved here in the early 90s. Uh, went to college here at USF, <clears throat> started in Penn State, and then eventually was looking for a career as education major in school and had a friend of mine in this business, and he suggested doing uh, insurance and in particular uh, Medicare. Mm-hmm. And he actually had to talk me into it because I didn't, I didn't think I'd be any good at it, and he thought I would be. So started doing it, really liked it. Um <laughs> been doing it for coming up on 18 years now. It'll be 18 years uh, next year. So it's a long time. Time flies. Um, I have uh, my wife now has been doing it. We're both brokers. So we're independent agents. She's been doing it for about six years. So it's pretty much the family business now. And that's how we got into it. And that's pretty much all we do is uh, Medicare for clients. And we we like it. 
Numbers may an entertaining dinner conversation every night. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can guess the conversations. Yes. Yeah. I, I tried to get my wife uh, to be in my practice and um, it lasted about, I don't know, three months. And then she's like, I, I don't want to have this conversation at dinner anymore. Right. I'm right. done working for you. So right. I, 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 get I applaud it. you for being able to it. do that. Yeah. We try to create some separation at times. <laughs> so it's not all <laughs> Medicare all the time. Well, let me ask you, let's get it right out of the gate. Why is Medicare so doggone confusing? Well, you know, I, I used to tell people it's it's too confusing, right? Because everyone complains about the same thing. And then I realized if it wasn't confusing, <laughs> no one would need me. Right. So I kind of tell everybody it's just confusing enough, right? So Medicare is a tremendous program. It is a great government program. Ask anyone who is 64 who is paying for their own insurance, and then they turn 65 and they become Medicare eligible, and they'll tell you how wonderful it is. Right. But like- pretty much everything I think the government does, it is complicated. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because they like it that way or over time, it just becomes complicated, but it is complicated. As long as you do it properly, it's terrific. You, you should, everyone should love Medicare, right? If you don't love it, you're not doing it right. Right. So when usually it's, it's kind of like the last minute decision somebody thinks about, is there, is there a time frame when somebody should start just uh, kind of gestating about Medicare or just thinking about it? Or is it a last minute thing where, where it just, you know, you might as well wait till you're 64 and a half or, or should they be waiting or they, should, you, should they be thinking about it like at 59 or right before they retire? What, what's your advice there? Well, I'm, I'm coming up on 60, right? So I'm the, I'm the guy you just mentioned. And do I think about it all the time? I do because Medicare is going to be a lot better than the insurance I have. Right. It just, it doesn't do me any good to do it. Right. So 64 and a half is fine. About six months before your birth month, assuming you're getting Medicare when you turn 65, some people have it younger. Uh, if you have social security disability, you mm -hmm. get Medicare, your Medicare two years after yeah, you're approved for your disability. So a lot of folks have disability. So they'll have it younger. But typically, when you turn 65, your birth month, unless you're born on the first of the month, and then your Medicare starts the month before. So we start with the complications right off the bat. <laughs> yep. Right? Why they do that, I have no idea. But they do. You pick up an extra month, basically. So 64 and a half is fine, right? Six months before your birth month, it, it's plenty of time to figure out what you're going to do. And and folks that are turning 65, insurance companies have already started mailing them uh, solicitations about 12 months before they turn 65. It's it's way too far in advance. There's there's nothing you're going to do 12 months in advance. It's just okay. you're you're just spinning your wheels. That's no, unnecessary. You know, as funny as is, I'll have conversations with um, you know, some of my clients are very wealthy, you know, uh, can self-insure that money is just really not an issue and it's never going to be an issue, but they will think about that Medicare and, and how awesome it's going to be because people just, the, these insurance payments before you go on Medicare are just insane. I know speaking for my family, we pay, I think 1500 a month with a $10,000 deductible. And it is just really, really cost prohibitive where insurance is gone. So I think regardless of what somebody's financial state is, they just can't wait to save thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars. How much does the typical person save from going on traditional insurance, maybe an employer-based plan to Medicare? What what are the, what are the costs associated with Medicare, et cetera? 
So for most folks, so Medicare has a, a payment that's required. It's a premium payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Medi- so Medicare comes in multiple parts. They charge you to have one of the, what they call parts of Medicare. So typically it's for folks that are a single person making less than $97,000 because the, the payments are tied to your income. Okay. So for a single less than 97,000 a year or married, you just double that and you get to 194. So for marriage less than 194, the base payment for Medicare is $164.90 a month. Wow. For 2023. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, I was with clients the other day, last Saturday. And um, husband is not turning until next year, but his wife is turning 65 in January. Um, he's an attorney. So he's employed in a law firm for the two of them. They're paying $1,600 a month. And that's through group insurance. Group is normally better than individual insurance. Sure. So to get her off the plan, they're going to save roughly about $800 a month in premium. And then they also have the high deductible like you have, like I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not going to have that in Medicare. So he's he's tickled. She's tickled. They're they're wow. thrilled. Then they should be. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So when you think about Medicare... And the differences between traditional pre-Medicare insurance, What what's covered in Medicare? What is it all-inclusive? What's covered? What's not? So typically, the way to think about it is most of the covered services that you're getting now on whatever insurance you have, whether you bought it individually or uh, you have it through group, through an employer, those services will normally be covered through Medicare. So a inpatient hospital stay, uh, inpatient rehabilitation, physical rehab, a primary doctor, specialist, lab work, all of those services are covered under traditional Medicare. Some things that people want that are not covered, vision coverage, routine vision. So not not typically, not as I say, an eye surgery, not cataract surgery, that's covered. People think it's covered under vision. It's not. It's a medical benefit. Okay. So like glasses, contacts, dental service, uh, hearing benefit, those services are not covered under traditional Medicare. Prescriptions are not covered under traditional Medicare. Prescriptions would be covered by an insurance company. That's one of the decisions that an individual has to make. How do they want their prescription coverage once they go on to Medicare? That's something we help them try to figure out. And so what are what, what does that kind of look like? Because prescription costs are pretty exorbitant, right? So is there a lot, is there a full palette of opportunities or or, or dis- choices there? Or uh, is there just, does it come down to two or three choices that an individual has to make in, in terms of prescriptions? No, in, in our area, and this is, this is basically area specific, right? This gets into, you start to get into the weeds of Medicare, what's available, yep. what the types of plans and the specific plans that are available to a Medicare beneficiary going to be dependent on the county or area that they live in. Wow. So these plans are funded differently all over the country. Medicare has a funding system for either what's called Medicare Advantage or Part D separate prescription plans. And that funding system, complicated, shocking. And it is dependent (laughs) on where you live. So basically, more people on Medicare in a particular county, the better the funding, the more plans that are available. Most places in Florida have a lot of people on Medicare. The funding's terrific. So in in, I live in uh, uh, Manatee County. So this particular area, West Central Florida, 
there are numerous plans to pick from. I could almost say too many, enough to be confusing, certainly enough to be confusing on how someone wants to get their coverage. So somebody like Eric that lives in a town of 15, um, that could be a problem, right? That's going to be a different situation. Your choices are going to be much more limited. So people, people that move here from other parts of the country, right? Plans are much, much different, right? So we have all kinds of people moving to Florida, as we know. Sure. Everybody's moving to Florida. So just go out on the roads here for 10 minutes. You'll figure that out real quick. Yep. So they are shocked at the insurance plans that they can have here that were not available to them in Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan, wherever. Our our insurance plans are tremendous, whether it's the the Advantage plans, the Part D plans, whatever they're looking at, our benefits are the best in the country. So that leads into one of the biggest concerns I think that most people have is, will they be able to keep their their doctor on the Medicare, right? So if you have, let's say, Florida, which has a lot of... um, a lot of opportunities in the Medicare market because so many people are on it, that your likelihood of keeping your own doctor is greater. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yes. So anyone that is just going to use what we call traditional Medicare, that they mm-hmm. are going to be using their red, white, and blue Medicare card. And normally they, they what they will get is a Medicare supplement to go with that. Almost guaranteed they're going to keep their doctor, right? So if oh, if they're seeing a physician right now, assuming he's not what we call a concierge or she a concierge doctor, mm-hmm. where you're paying them a set fee out of your pocket and they're not they're not taking your insurance, there aren't a lot of those doctors. There's very few of them. Okay. Assuming that's not the case, pretty much almost every single doctor that you're going to meet participates with Medicare. And if you're seeing him now, he probably takes Medicare. And that so, would include the specialists and things of yes, that nature? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So keeping a doctor going on to Medicare, that's that's not going to be an issue for someone. Okay. Because I always, I'll get that uh, concern voice from my clients sometimes. Now, in, in Medicare itself, is there is there a difference between the HMO and the PPO? Yes. So now you're getting into talking about what are called advantage plans. Okay. So these are plans that are funded by the government. They're options for people on Medicare, and and they start getting pitched these options about 12 months before they go on to Medicare. They come from private insurance companies. The insurance companies make a lot of money providing these plans because they Mm -hmm. get paid by Medicare when someone selects that particular plan. So the companies are very aggressive in marketing their plans, right? You see the ads on TV. You can't get away from them. You turn your TV on for 10 minutes. So these those types of plans come in two flavors, as I like to call it, HMO and PPO. Those types of plans are vastly different. Okay. They're, they're totally dissimilar. Basically, coming down to the physicians and or uh, other types of medical providers like a, a lab or an outpatient surgery center or even a hospital that you are permitted to use depending on the plan that you select. Okay. So very, very different, right? They're, they're totally different animals and easily to be con- easily be confused on that because there are so many plans of, of both varieties available in this area. So this is where your expertise comes in line. So you just can't go to a .gov site for Medicare and kind of sign up because there's so many different wrinkles. What are, what are, what are the biggest wrinkles of where, Somebody like you is going to add value to it, to let's say one of my clients. So 
if let's say someone went to the Medicare website, right? So Medicare show will show you, put in your zip code, they'll show you a list of every plan that's available in your county. Okay. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, and it'll show you the plan, right? And it'll say if it's an HMO or a PPO. And if you know the difference, you'll understand that. And then you can bring up the covered services and what you pay for them. Okay. So anyone could pretty much do a comparison, right? On, on well, plan A charges me so much to see a specialist. That plan B charges me something else. Okay. You can compare that. The problem comes in where, or the the complication comes in, where a lot of these plans, you might not be eligible for them. Some of them are called chronic special needs plans, where you have to have a particular medical condition to have that plan. Some of them are for people that have Medicare and Medicaid, right? There's a separate subset of plans for those folks, but they'll just come up when you do your search and you'll look at it and it'll show a lot of wonderful benefits. You'll think you can get those and you really can't because you might not fall into that subset. For those that don't know, what what is the, the primary difference between Medicare and Medicaid? So Medicare is for anyone who turns 65, assuming you have the the proper, um, what we used to call qu- uh, quarters, they call them credits, assuming you pay, you've worked long enough, basically, you, which pretty much everyone has. Yeah. So th- for 65 or older or younger, if you have a disability, Medicaid can be any age, but it is financially based. So you have to have income below a certain level and assets below a certain level. Now you can have both, right? So you could be 65 or older and have income and assets below those levels. Right. So you can qualify for both of those plans. Those folks are called dual eligibles, right? So they're, they're eligible for two types of plans, special subset of plans available to them. So very complicated. So even (laughs) if you could navigate all of that, and you looked at a particular plan from a particular company. Most companies have three or four or five different plans that all have different nuances or catches to them. So then you would want to see, well, how are my medications covered if I'm taking any? How are my are my physicians covered that I'm seeing? Um, what if I want to travel out of the area? Uh, and then hypothetical questions. Right. So if I became very, very ill, if I had cancer, where would I be able to go under this particular insurance? Right. So you might know enough or think enough or have enough foresight to say, well, uh, I have a particular specialist. Okay. Is he or she take this insurance? And eventually you could probably figure that out. But then it's the what if. Okay. If something happens, if I'm traveling, I spend six months a year in Utah. Right. Mm -hmm. What happens if I get sick there? Can I use my insurance there? That type of thing is going to be much more difficult to try to figure out. Okay. And if, what if, if if somebody has like a pre-existing condition, they let's say diabetes or something like that, does that factor in to to the decision-making process or no? It it does on on several levels. So the first level would be the type of medications that you're mm-hmm. taking for that, right? So there's there are a vast number of medications for diabetes. Diabetes is a very good example. So how are they covered? Medicare has, again, a relatively complicated system for how medications are covered and how much coverage you get. And when you exhaust that coverage during a calendar year, they have different phases of coverage. So someone with diabetes, it's going to depend on the medications that they're taking. Okay. 
And then there's a separate subset of plans for those folks that may or may not be beneficial. Some some people don't want them. They're more restrictive on physicians that you can use. But as far as just say pre-existing conditions that everyone talks about. So going on to Medicare, when you turn 65, there is no such thing as pre-existing conditions. So any type of insurance, whether you are getting a Medicare supplement or any type of advantage plan, those companies have to take the beneficiary, the individual. Okay. They, there is no option to exclude them. Now, once you are on Medicare for a certain amount of time, there are pre-existing condition questions in certain circumstances. And again, that's something that we go over with the clients to let them know, hey, down the road, if you look to try to do this or that, you could run into a particular situation that you might not like, or it might not matter to you. But you know, we like to tell them everything <laughs> and yeah. just say, okay, what if we try to give them a bunch of what ifs, if this were to happen, what would you think of that? You know, How would you want to handle that down the road? Wow. So there is a ton of planning that goes into this. Yes. So a give lot. me, give us a look, kind of a, a sneak peek. You get a new, new perspective person that's let's say 64, uh, 64 and a half, or they're, they're approaching that deadline and they meet with you. What, what, what does that meeting look like, Chris? So first thing we're going to do, we're going to uh, go through what type of insurance do they have now? And are they collecting social security? The, the first thing to do is, is you have to actually get your Medicare. So folks that are collecting social security, that Medicare card shows up automatically about three and a half months before Medicare kicks in. Okay. If they're not collecting social security, they actually have to apply for a Medicare card. We've seen clients that never applied for it, didn't realize that Medicare started at 65, get a call when they're 66. Hey, my neighbor told me something about this. Do I need to do this? Uh, a year ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's a big problem, isn't it? Because yes. I mean, a lot of my clients, obviously they delay taking social security because they don't need the income. It's taxable, right. blah, blah, blah. So they want to delay taking it to 67 or 70 um, and to maximize the benefit, of course. But there, there's some big gotchas if you don't then apply, right? Yes. So that's very common. Now, when I started doing this 17 years ago, almost every single person I met was taking social security and they had their Medicare card in their hand when I went to see them. Yep. Now, totally flipped. Very few people have that Medicare card. Okay. So we walk them through applying for Medicare. And then at the same time, we're going to talk about what insurance do they have now and the source of the insurance, right? So very common to have one spouse working and the other one either not working or working at a job, not taking benefits. They're getting benefits through the spouse. Mm -hmm. So you need to see which one's younger, which one's going on to Medicare. Can the person going on to Medicare get out of their health insurance? Or are they the employee that's carrying insurance for a younger spouse? And exactly what that financial picture looks like, right? So what are you paying for your insurance? That part's easy, right? You can just look at a pay sure. stub, see what they're paying, do the calculation. But then it's also getting a copy of the benefits that they have now. So you're paying for your insurance, but what are you paying for? Right? Let's see what that looks like. When I first started, people that had group insurance that were working, the group was very, very good. Right? So normally you would you would tell people, keep your group. Whenever you retire, give me a call. Your group is way better than Medicare. Now, again, totally flipped. 
-hmm. almost never do I meet someone that has group that would be better than Medicare. Usually they're paying a lot more and their plan is generally worse, usually a lot worse. So we try to go through all that, but let them see their benefits because normally I'll ask someone, you know, what do you pay when you use your medical? Unless they've recently used it, they don't know, right? You know, how much do you pay when you go in the hospital? Unless they've been in the hospital, they normally don't know that. So we try to do a comparison, see where it's going to be more beneficial for them to be on to Medicare or to keep the group. Okay. So in one of the things that I came across that I wasn't aware of was oftentimes you'll have, and you alluded to it, that you'll have a spouse that's working um, and they're going to continue to work. And so you're on their insurance, right? And so you don't even think about applying for Medicare at 65 because you're thinking, well, I'll just do it once my wife retires because we're on her group plan at at, at her work or, or his work. And then there's a penalty, right? That's that, that if you don't apply, but you apply later, isn't there some form of penalty or something like that, that, that doesn't go away? Well, there, there can be. So it's called a, what you're referring to as a late enrollment penalty. It's for not taking Medicare, two parts, part B, mm-hmm. which is called medical. And then part D, which is the prescription part. Medicare says you need to take those parts when you turn 65. And if you try to take it later, there's, excuse me, waiting period, and then also financial penalties. Those penalties are permanent. They are monthly penalties, and they are permanent. They last forever. Permanent and penalty. Yes, yes, and it is, and and they're not kidding, right? They they mean it. Yep. However, there's exceptions, right? So Medicare creates rules, and then they have all kinds of exceptions. If someone has what's called creditable coverage from another source. So group would normally be credible, creditable, not always, but normally. So someone that had creditable coverage from another source, they don't get the late en- enrollment penalty. Now, there's documentation that has to be provided to Medicare at that time when you went to enroll, say you turned it down when you were 65, and maybe you're going to retire when you're 68, and you never took uh, part B or part D, but you had group. There's documentation that has to be shown uh, to social security slash Medicare mm-hmm. so that they don't assess the penalty. And all that has to be done a certain time frame. So again, complicated. There's hurdles to be, to be jumped over for sure. So in the initial process, you're doing a lot of planning for the initial phase of applying for Medicare part A B and D, right? Uh, so yeah. you do a lot of that initial planning. Now, when you get a client, is it ongoing every year? You reevaluate the plans, um, or or how does that? What does that look like? Yes. So this is an ongoing process for us. Okay. So give you an outline. Once someone goes on to Medicare, every year there is an and an excuse me an enroll open enrollment period runs October fifteenth to December 7th. So it just ended a couple of days ago. We look at it like it's like tax time for accountants for us, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just an unbelievable volume of work in that period of time. So for those seven weeks, everyone on Medicare in the country has the option of changing their insurance for whatever reason or no reason. You can change your insurance. So normally that's for folks that have selected some type of advantage plan. The Advantage plans change their benefits every year. Generally, they improve, not always, but generally they do. (laughs) 
because of the funding these companies are getting from the government. Mm -hmm. So what we do as brokers, because we represent almost every company that, that offers a plan, we sit in meetings and look at the new plan benefits in August and September. So that the companies roll this out to us before the, the general public sees it in October. So we go through all these, all these meetings, we see all the new plans, and then we start laying things out at home in our office, trying to figure out, okay, which plan is changing what? And so which company, and then which specific plan that they offer is changing? How is it changing? And then how does that affect the clients, both that are on that particular plan and other clients that might want a benefit that a different company is offering, right? So different, everyone has a different need, right? So just you take diabetics. Mm -hmm. So things are changing for diabetics in 2023 for the better. So Medicare mandates are coming in place, but previous to that, the plan they were on could vary differently in how medications were covered. So someone that was on a specific medication, a very specific plan could offer them a substantial benefit. And when that changes, either gets better or gets worse, those folks would want to know about that. Could be that thousands of dollars of difference for them in a, in a calendar year for medications. Okay. So we go through all of that information try to synthesize it and then notify the clients, hey, this other plan is available to you. You might be interested in that or or they may might not up to the client, but then we get in touch with them in October to let them know, hey, here's, here's the changes. And then less specifically, so for plan, uh, folks that are happy on their plan, normally their benefits get a little bit better. We'll let them know, okay, you're getting a little bit more dental or a copay is changing here or there, exactly what's going on specific to them and their particular plan. So a lot so of work even, that time of year. So it even covers dental, huh? Some of the plans do, yes. And again, that's going to vary by plan. Okay. So covered doesn't mean terrific, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just means covered, right? So these are a lot of these things are advertising words, right? Mm -hmm. So the the advertising on these plans can lead people to believe certain things without the advertising actually saying those things, right? They're sort of it's advertising. They're they're it walking happens. you into thinking something. Wow. So folks here covered and they think, oh, wow, that's great. That means I get um, comprehensive dental where I can get crowns or bridges or I can get specific items. They think that's what covered means. And then they find out now that meant a free cleaning and a free x-ray right. and you have, you have to go to where the company tells you to go. Well, that's not what the person heard, but the company never said what they heard. So the plans vary in the benefits and how they are accessed. Yeah. And that's where the real value of what you do comes in because you can read through the fluff and know the substance of what actually is going to be received by the client. What is covered? Exactly. So we sit in the man, we, we've been doing this a long time, right? So, and, and before this, like I said, I, I used to be a police officer, so it's, it's hard to fool me. <laughs> right. And, and, and insurance companies will say, like, like I said, the dental is a good example. We have dental. So one company, that means something that's terrific. Another company, it means something that's completely bare bones. That's almost unusable. Wow. So we sift through all of that for the client and tell them, okay, this is what you have. This is what you have to do to use it. 
Oh, excellent. So there's a lot of plans, a lot of different variations. There's a lot to plan and then and then implement and then review on an ongoing basis. That's what I think a lot of people don't realize is that you need to review this on a yearly basis. Yes. And it does need to be reviewed. So we'll contact our clients every year, all of them. Uh, we send out letters to all of them in the client letter. And there's multiple t- forms of these letters that go out, right? We sit and construct them depending on the t- the clients that are on that specific insurance. And we will tell them in the letter, if anything changed with you from when we spoke, from when I did your enrollment or my wife did your enrollment, uh, did you change medications? Are you taking something more substantial that, than you were? Anything changed seriously with your health? Let us know that, right? Touch base with us. Let us know what changed. You're on a more expensive medication. Could be a different insurance that might offer you a similar benefit to what you have as far as co-payments or ease of use that will cover that medication or a particular specialist in a in a more advantageous way for the client. So yes, should be reviewed, especially when things change for the client. Yeah, and at the you know at sixty five plus, things change. They do ongoing. They do. I'm fifty nine, and things change. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. So how do how do people get in contact with you? Um, are you taking new clients? To you give us give give us some information there. So yes, uh, we're always taking clients, especially this time of year, right? So business slows down because open enrollment has ended. So. It has ended sort of, right? So Medicare has rules and then exceptions. So folks that are on Medicare in Florida, if they're on an Advantage plan, they can still change it till the end of the year, actually first week of January, basically because of the hurricane that we had. Medicare has, um, when called an exemption, it's the easiest way to think about it. They call it a special election. So folks can still change. So we're we're still getting calls from people to adjust their insurance, usually new clients. I have a, a couple of new client appointments this afternoon to to go on. So we so just tell why, folks. That, no, that's sorry. why today's the ninth and your enrollment ended the seventh and you're not out yep. fishing for vacation. Right? right. That's why I'm still not out fishing. <laughs> now the fishing that won't start for a while. Okay. And then you have all the folks that are turning 65 and moving into the area. Right. So we will tell people, just give us a call. Um, call myself. Um, and we'll set an appointment, ask them some questions, you know, how to, what, what's going on just to, to get an idea of what their particular situation is. We'll set an appointment. We'll normally meet folks uh, in their homes. We come out, we do house calls mm-hmm. and we'll come out and sit for a couple of hours and ask a bunch. And I tell them all, I was going to ask you some nosy insurance questions and see what's going on specific to them and how we can help and walk them through the process that they're getting ready to go on. All right. Well, do you have an email, um, a website, a phone number, you know, provide that? So phone phone number is, and it's my cell, comes right to me. It's 813-731-3032. And like I said, that's my cell. It'll normally go to voicemail. Often I'll be, I'll be doing something like this with you, or I'll be meeting with a client. It'll go to voicemail, leave me a message, give you a call back. Good. Uh, and then the email address is just my first initial and then my long last name spelled out. So it's C Bracciali. It's C B as in boy, R A C C I A L E at outlook.com. Excellent. Well, Eric, is there anything that you want to add? That was, um, there was a lot going on there. 
Yeah, I mean, this is incredibly thorough, but I do have one question. Uh, Chris, uh, I myself, and I think Ken probably is in the same group, uh, what people call the sandwich generation or what I've actually coined as, a, as the club sandwich generation because I've got parents, kids, and grandkids. Uh, but for those of us that have parents that are well into to Medicare, um, is, is there something we can do or is there some place we can go to help our parents look through this? Because a lot of people don't know that they should be reviewing this. Um, is there a good place for us to start before we make that phone call to you? Because obviously bringing an expert is the, the best thing we can do. Um, but how do we help our parents? So if you're looking to, for something to do yourself before you would call um, one of us, Try to figure out exactly what insurance they have. Best way to do that is ask them for their identification card, right? So whatever insurance they have, they have an ID card. Okay. And I've learned over the years, when if you ask someone, what insurance do you have? A lot of times they don't know or they're, they're not sure. I don't know. I have this plan with whatever company. I don't really know. So you ask to see their ID card. It'll tell you the name of the company and the type of the plan, whether it's a supplement or an, or an advantage plan, HMO, PPO. And then you can go right to that particular company's website and start looking at the plan, right? Okay. And especially for parents that are older. So good, my, my mother's uh, coming up on 80 years old. So I obviously, I know what insurance she has because I put her on it. But if I didn't, that's where I would start. And I would start looking, trying to figure out how does that plan actually work mm -hmm. if, when mom and dad get sick, and by sick, I don't mean, you know, the flu, something substantive where they need serious care. How would we access that? How hard or easy is it? What type of plan did mom and dad go on it? Go on. Did they go on a plan because it was very, very inexpensive and was doing all kinds of things for them? But now that they might need more specialized care, how easy or hard is that going to be to access? So when you ask about someone that's that age, access to care is really important mm -hmm. right because you know they're going to need care you don't know when but you yeah. know they will so yeah. wh where do i take them if, if something happens wh where do they go how easy is that going to be to get done what kind of hoops do i have to jump through to get them to a specialist let's say yeah and i'm assuming it's the same that you want to review medications too because you said the the advantage plans um or the medication plans can change or certain things can be uh, covered or not covered. Uh, so the current medications, you should probably review those. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, normally, anytime an insurance company will drop a medication where they just say next year, we're not going to cover it, which does happen. I've had a couple clients that it happened to this year. Insurance company will send out a letter to the client. You hope that the client reads the letter. They get inundated with the mail. So a lot mm -hmm. of times they, they don't open it and they'll They'll be told, okay, we're not covering your medication for next year. Obviously, at that point in time, you you have to go get different insurance so the medication's covered. Sometimes folks find that out the hard way. In January, they go in to get a prescription. Yeah. Pharmacist says, oh, okay, that's 900 bucks. It's not covered. Yeah. Which we try to really make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all the questions I had. I, I was just curious. So thank you so much for answering those, Chris. Of course. You're welcome. Ken, yeah, I, I know that this is, you know, you bring this information to the audience because this is something that uh, your clients need to know and also obviously all the listeners. And it's great information. If folks want to talk to you about how this will fit in their overall plan, why don't you give them your contact info? Yeah, as always, it's um, my website's the, the central place to get 
all of this information, um, a copy of this podcast, as, as well as the past ones we've done, but it's www.orca, O-R-C-A, wealth, like money, W-E-A-L-T-H.com. And um, just like Chris, you, know, you can reach me on my cell phone, 727-741-6077. And uh, Chris, just thank you so much. I mean, I, l- I learned a ton in this 30 minutes. I mean, I can't even... Uh, it's going to be something I'm going to implement on a yearly basis with my clients um, at the uh, at the end, like November, uh, to have them reach out to you because um, I had no idea that uh, the, the planning aspects that need to be done every year. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very very welcome. I I appreciate the opportunity. It's a lot of fun. I actually I'm I'm the only guy that likes talking about Medicare, so <laughs> it's always good for me. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I agree. This has been fantastic. Thank you so both so much uh, for this. And of course, our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olatt, founder of Orca Wealth Management. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Ken comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Orca Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Life Well Lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Kinolet CPM. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Orca Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Orca Wealth Management, LLC does not provide legal or tax advice. Clients should seek the advice of a qualified attorney or accountant as necessary.